0: Being proactive and strategic in prayer, I think that's what the War Room movie is all about. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family.
1: If you feel like you've been getting pounded by life, if you feel like all hell seems to be against you, hold on. Today we're gonna talk about a battle plan to fight back, prayer. Dr. Tim Clinton, your host, and President of the American Association of Christian Counselors. It's been said that little prayer in your life leads to little power. More prayer, more power. Much prayer, much power. Today we're gonna talk about that very issue, prayer in your life. Our special guest today is New York Times bestselling author, Priscilla Schreier. She, by the way, brings her role from the brand new movie, War Room, which is releasing this Friday. We're gonna talk about topics that affect you most, your identity, your family, your regrets, your pressures, your temptations, your fears, your enemy who seeks to destroy you. He's the great liar in your life. She's a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary with a master's degree in biblical studies. Priscilla Schreier speaks at corporate conventions, organizations, and before Christian audiences across the United States and around the world. After 10 years as a trainer and motivational speaker with Ziegler Training Systems, she and her husband, Jerry, founded Going Beyond Ministries. She now serves full-time in ministry speaking, writing to spiritually nurture women. Priscilla is the author of Life Interrupted and The Courageous Companion, The Resolution for Women. She has a brand new book out. And we're going to be talking about that today called Fervent, a Woman's Battle Plan for Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer. Priscilla, we're going to celebrate your brand new first major film role today in War Room and talk a lot about prayer. Thanks for stopping by.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so excited everybody gets to see it soon.
1: Yeah, you've been busy. I mean, book, first major film role. Are you excited?
0: I am very excited. It has been a very, very full year. Uh, Lots of work has gone on to everything that we've been doing this year. But you know what? It has been so great that the Lord would allow... I'm just grateful that He'd allow us to partner with Him in what we think is just going to be a movement of God towards the heart of prayer.
1: Well, we want to celebrate, first of all, the movie release, War Room. Here's a clip, uh, a trailer, on the movie right up front just to give our listeners a taste of what's coming Friday. From the creators of Courageous and Fireproof comes War Room, a powerful new film about fighting life's battles in prayer.
2: This is my favorite place in this house. I call it my war
1: room. Because prayer is a powerful weapon. War Room, in theaters August 28th. Starring Alex Kendrick, Priscilla Shirer, and Beth Moore. We
2: need an army of believers. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up.
1: Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Tickets and showtimes available now at warroomthemovie.com. <laughs> Priscilla, Beth Moore in the movie, too. You guys must have had a lot of fun together.
0: We did good friends and we just this whole year have been cackling and laughing and just enjoying the adventure of all of this.
1: Well tell us about your character role Elizabeth Jordan just for a moment give us a taste.
0: Yeah Elizabeth Jordan is this woman who I think so many women that come to the theater are totally going to be able to relate to because she's a wife and a mom a working woman who is trying to figure out how to balance home life and work life. And honestly, she has just gotten calloused to the hard stuff she's been facing in her life so much so that it has just become easier to put on a little veneer, a little polished, to make it look like everything is going okay. And that's just what we do, right? We go to church on Sunday and that (laughs) veneer is there, that gloss and shine is there when we're with our friends. But when she's at home, you see little cracks in the details of her life and her marriage in particular. And it takes an older, wiser woman to help this uh, young lady be able to tear down that veneer and be able to use a weapon that works to fight life's most pressing battles.
1: Priscilla, really all of it's built around the theme of we're in a battle. Yeah. You open up your book. By the way, I love the opening story about your grandmother. My dad was a pastor for nearly 60 years, Priscilla, and my dad prayed for me every day. It just took me right into those moments there. And ultimately, because he believed in the power of prayer, I want you to tell us what what it was like to have a grandma pray over you, believe that life was a battle, and that the greatest weapon we had was going into the throne of God.
0: Yeah, well, it's such a great legacy that, you know, you don't realize when you're a kid. The older you get, you look back and realize the dedication The thoughtfulness that is involved in someone writing your name down, praying over your life, your destiny, your purpose, that they recognize that there is an unseen force that wants to cause you to to succumb to fear, to insecurity, to keep you from reaching your destiny, and that there are people that love you that are not just going to sit back and let that happen. They are going to stand against the schemes of the devil on your behalf. To know that my grandmother, who is now 97 years old and is still healthy and vibrant, and I have a picture, in fact, that I'm looking at right now here in my office of our hands together over her prayer journal where she has written the prayer requests of so many people that she loves, even those of her own, and that she has faithfully been praying for for many, many years. Again, it's just a reminder of the great legacy of faith and how... One person choosing to go to battle for their family really can make a difference.
1: Priscilla, I want to dial this back just for a moment because I, I've got to slow it way down, and let's talk about everyday life here. There are a lot of people listening, and many of their lives, the wheels are coming off. They're overwhelmed. Their chin is dropped, and they feel like they're without hope for a moment. And some of them really do believe all hell's against them. Can you talk to... All of us right now about being in that state how real the battle is and why we desperately need prayer
0: yeah we do Um, it's a battle that the Apostle Paul talked about way back in the book of Ephesians to the first century church when he said listen there are invisible forces and they want you to think that just because they're invisible that they are also fictional but they are not they're very real and there's a very real battle that is waging in the heavenlies the effects of which we see pop up in the circumstances of Earth. The depression that we feel, the feeling of frustration or irritation, the temptation that we are succumbing to that seems to approach our life at a very specific time when we are particularly lonely or particularly hungry or, you know, particularly sleepy, all of those temptations and those things that seem to assault our life, that's the war. That's the battlefield. It is not uh, some random occurrences in life. It is the strategy of the enemy to keep us from being able to fulfill God's calling in our life. And one of the key ways he does that is by what you're describing, Dr. Clinton, by causing us to fall into a season of discouragement That where we're so discouraged and overwhelmed with the seasons of life that we don't want to, we don't have the energy to pick up the spiritual weapons that he knows will be the ones that will actually stop him in his tracks. So as long as we're using our words or our money or whatever to throw at the problems of life, we're literally just putting a Band-Aid on something that needs chemotherapy. And so he knows that as long as we are just too worn out to go to battle in prayer, then he's got us right where he wants us. And so one of our initial prayers can actually be to pray and say, Lord, give me my passion back. The Lord will stir up and renew your desire to even want to fight.
1: Years ago, Priscilla, I read Richard Foster's classic book on prayer. I remember him saying one of the key deterrents to an effective prayer life was the fact that, or the belief that everything had to be right in order to pray. And if everything has to be right in my life, you know what's going to happen. I'm pretty much not going to pray, or I'm I'm going to feel like I can't enter into God's presence and ask Him because there's so much garbage, or so much brokenness. Why so little prayer?
0: You know what? I think that we pray little because we have seen prayer work so little. But the reason why we have seen prayer work so little is because we've prayed so little. <laughs> it's like the cyclical effect that we're discouraged by God's seeming aloofness to our life but really that's because we are not using the key that he is giving us. He's saying, hey, here's the key that's going to unlock the power of heaven in the circumstances of earth. But we don't use the key and then get mad at God for not invading our circumstances. Once we begin to turn this key, we will unlock the, and unleash the power and the blessings and the favor of heaven that he's wanting to give us anyway. He's just sitting waiting for someone to use the gift that he's given.
1: Our special guest today is Priscilla Schreier. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, You've probably seen her Bible studies, uh, certainly her books, Resolution for Women, uh, God is Able, One in a Million, Life Interrupted, so much more. Brand new workout called Fervent. It's uh, going uh, along with the movie War Room that releases again on Friday. It's a delight to have her here. We're talking about one of the most important issues in all of our lives, and that's the issue of prayer and how desperately... We need to figure out how to—I remember reading that passage when Jesus was with the disciples, Priscilla, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think people get lost, too, where they start thinking they've got to get everything right, and everything has to be in order, and there's a certain way or posture or whatever. What do you say to those who right now, who are desperately wanting to call on God to intervene in their life, what do you say to them?
0: You know what? I say to you to keep calling out to him to stay on your knees to be fervent you know i expect that there are some people who are discouraged you know many of us we've prayed for the same thing for so long honestly we're wondering if god hears us and if he does does he care you know so i just want to encourage you to know that the scripture tells us micah Seven, seven says that God does hear when we pray. There is no prayer that is in vain or fruitless or that is worthless. You have not wasted your time. Every single prayer has been heard and God has received it. And in His timing and in His way and according to His sovereignty, He will answer.
1: Our special guest Priscilla Shirer, brand new book out. And Priscilla, I loved fervent. I know it's a woman's battle plan for serious, specific, and strategic prayer, but it ministered to me. You took on some issues. You alluded to one of them earlier, and that was the issue of passion. You, you said if you were the evil one, certainly one of the areas you'd begin with to attack in a person's life is their passion. You talked about the story of Elijah, the lost axe head and more. I know there have even been times in my own life, Priscilla, where when your chin gets dropped for a moment, it takes the you, and you can get lost in the way.
0: It's true. You can. You can. And your passion is the fuel that's going to drive you to keep going. I think I wrote about this a little bit in the book, but when you think about an Olympic athlete, well, they keep pressing on and pressing on and pressing on and all those hard workouts and early hours and late nights. They do that out of passion because they love what they're doing. They're passionate about it. Passion is fuel that keeps you going when time gets tough. So if you've lost that, if you've been drained of that, then you've lost the, the main ingredient that you need to have a stick to itness. When life gets tough and when, honestly, you don't feel like praying anymore because it doesn't seem like your circumstances are changing. So I feel like that has to be the seminal prayer and that we don't need to be ashamed for asking God to stir up a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer on the inside of us, that it's not something we can manufacture. You know when someone has manufactured a quote-unquote passion because, really, that's just hype. That's just external smiles and, and excitement that can wear off so easily because it's regulated by external circumstances but a passion that is stirred up by God himself, that flame keeps burning no matter what's happening on the
1: outside. I'm burdened about modern-day Christianity, uh, Priscilla, and our passion. Somewhere along the way, I think there's this muzzling or silence of the lambs of God out there about who he is and how he works in our lives. It's like we're intimidated about our faith. Do you sense some of that? And are you seeing maybe an uprising or something?
0: I am, and I'm thinking that this movie is really a prophetic announcement as to what is going to happen, what God has planned. The Kendrick Brothers could not have known two and a half years ago when they started writing this script, they could not have known that this movie would be finished and ready to be out in the theaters at the exact same time when our country is going through such... Um, unbelievably shocking and horrific changes and decision-making and political changes that are really putting us in a completely different position as a country and changing the trajectory of where we're headed. They couldn't have known that, but God knew that. And so here we are now with a movie that is not some random low-budget faith-based film, but a movie that is opening up at theaters across the country that really is going to change what people think of when they think of faith-based films. Um, in terms of the quality of excellence in this film. And I know that the Lord had that plan, that there would be something of quality that would draw the attention of even the secular world, so that they would begin to at least become alert to the fact that behind all that is happening, not only in our personal lives, but also in our country, that there is an unseen enemy who has his hand and his involvement in all of this, and that... No political aspirations or statements are going to make the difference that only prayer can make.
1: We're talking again today about the release of the new movie, War Room, this Friday in theaters all over the country. The theme, again, of the movie is we're in a battle if you feel like all hell's against you, boy, you've dialed into the right program today. And I believe with all my heart, Priscilla, with you, that he loves to attack our emotions, our mind, man, our kids, our future, so much more. Uh, you are addressing specific issues in your book, Fervent. Uh, you talk also about John eight forty four. He's the father of lies or the thief, by the way, in John ten ten. If he's going to come in and do work, uh, he'll also attack you like in an area of your focus. You know, when I even think about prayer, we bow our head and we close our eyes kind of traditionally, but really the goal is, is to remove the distractions in our life, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what he wants, the enemy wants to distract us from is, he wants us to distract him from seeing him. He wants us to think that our spouse is the problem, that our kid is the problem, that the mean boss is our problem, that the finances, the bad investment is the problem. He wants us to keep putting Band-Aids on all of these things that really are just symptoms To his work underneath the surface and so as long as we are distracted and focusing on everyone and anything else other than him then he knows we will use weapons or defenses we will use our words we will use physical things that we think will bring solution to the physical problems and they may bring temporary solution to those physical problems but as long as you have not used spiritual weapons against this very spiritual enemy then, again, we've only put Band-Aid on something that needs internal treatment. And so he wants us distracted because he knows as long as we do not isolate him as the real enemy, we will take our focus off of using the weapons that can work against him.
1: Another area you talk about that he loves to work on us is our identity. Boy, so many people struggle with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our identity is one that has been uh, a target of the enemy since the beginning of time. You know, you look back into the garden, Adam and Eve, and you have the enemy sort of coming into the midst of that setting so that he can dissuade these people from recognizing who they are, who they've been created to be, what their relationship with God was always meant to be. He was disrupting that. And he continues to do that. He does it with our children. He does it with women. He does it with men. He wants us to devalue our significance so that he knows if we don't really believe that we are as powerful as he knows we are, as long as we don't believe that, we will never live up to the potential we've been given
1: in God. That evisions one piece. You spent quite a bit of time in the book. I, I love what you do. You dispute the lies with truth, and then at the end of each of the chapters, you're calling us to fervent prayer to deal with these issues. But our identity in Christ, why is it so hard for us to embrace who we are in Christ as children of
2: light?
0: Yeah, it's hard for us to do that because— You know, we're inundated. We are inundated with images, with propaganda, with things that say the opposite of what the Scriptures say about us. And so if it's all around us and our kids are privy to it at such a young age, already they feel like they have to dress a certain way or look a certain way or act a certain way to rise up to a certain standard of what our culture says is beautiful or successful or significant. If that is inundating our minds and our hearts from the time we're little kids, up through teenage years and adulthood we are uh, being pressed on every side and our significant suffers which is why we have to be equally as strategic and consistent with making sure the images from the scripture of who we are remade to be in christ that we are his workmanship as the scripture says that we are holy and righteous and powerful and we are pure and the spirit of god indwells us we have to be consistent in not only reminding our children but also in reminding ourselves, and that means if you've got to write down from the scriptures who you have been called to be in Christ, and then post those in a place where you have no choice but to read them on a regular basis, um, that's what we're going to have to do in order to buoy our sense of uh, God-ordained significance. And you know, i got to tell you, I do that for my kids. I do it for myself. Right now, if you walked into my boys' bathroom, all three of them share a bathroom, and there are specific scriptures I have uh, picked out, and I kind of just paraphrased them And I printed them up on a piece of paper, and I got it laminated, and I've got all these little squares all over their bathroom mirror that just remind them from the Word of God who they are. And I'm doing that specifically because I know the enemy is strategically targeting my young sons. You know, it's not just a girl problem. Self-esteem issues are not just a girl problem. It's happening to our boys, too, where they're feeling like they're having to act a certain way to be, quote-unquote, cool, and that coolness, those actions are getting them into a lot of trouble just because they want to find acceptance with a particular group of people. But if they can find themselves firmly rooted, their significance found in God, half the battle's already won.
1: You take on issues like our past, fear, purity, pressures, hurts, relationships, everyone out there saying, look, check, check. But let me come back to something I think you built up front that became very important. It's a theme throughout the entire book. And that is praying with precision or being strategic. Priscilla, why again do you challenge us to go in that direction?
0: I challenge us with that because I think overall the church, Christianity, Christian culture has promoted consistency in prayer. And I think that's critical. I think we do need to be consistent in prayer. I've tried to prioritize that in my life. I certainly haven't been perfect at it. But consistency has been what we've mostly been thinking about in terms of our prayer lives and a healthy prayer life. But what this movie brings up is the strategy to our prayer life, that not only do we need to be consistent, but we also need to be strategic because our enemy is strategic against us. So, you know, if he's going to have as much strategy as he does to cause our family to break up and to cause us to succumb to sin and to cause us to not reach our destiny, then why wouldn't we want to be that strategic and thoughtful in our prayer life against him? So instead of being just consistent but randomly praying about random things, well, let's be thoughtful about it Where do we see the enemy at work? Or where do we even expect, Dr. Clinton, that he might be at work in the future? Like if our kid is struggling with some area of his life, let's say self-esteem like we talked about a moment ago, and we can already see hints of that, or our kid is particularly fearful, and we see hints that the enemy might want to take advantage of that in the future, we should be strategically, proactively praying about that area of our kid's life right now. Or if there's an area of our marriage that we know is tender and that we could see that the enemy might want to cause division and he might want to cause issues in that particular area of our marriage, well, why wouldn't we go ahead and be offensive in our prayer life, strategically targeting the areas where we know the enemy might want to have a hand? And it's not just areas of weakness where the enemy might come after us, but also areas of strength. Of course he's going to want to cut off your marriage at the pass, If it's a strong marriage, a marriage that is discipling younger marriages, or your pastor and his wife, of course he's going to want to make sure that your leadership falls into immorality or some other issue that will keep them from being successful and faithful to the Lord. So why wouldn't we want to be on guard for the areas of strength in our life that we know the enemy may want to target? Being proactive and strategic in prayer. I think that's what the War Room movie and what Fervent, is all about, just reminding you that the enemy is coming. He's trying to thwart you and me from reaching our destiny, so let's go ahead and be strategic in our prayer life and use this weapon in a way that will actually push him back.
1: Rarely do we engage a book, an opportunity like you've had with the movie War Room, and it not really deeply affect you. Uh, Can you close us in that direction? What has happened to you personally, I guess, and uh, give us your closing thoughts.
0: You know, I have been a person that has always believed in the power of prayer but as a result of being in this film i have begun to develop a newfound respect for just how powerful it really is and that god is waiting on his people to use prayer as the weapon that he has designed it to be that there are just a handful of things that the enemy takes note of and it's not all our earthly solutions it's not all our earthly physical remedies But it is the armor of God being girded in the armor of God, as Paul lists out from Ephesians 6. But also praying on our knees. He closes that passage about the armor of God talking about prayer and how prayer is basically what activates all of the other pieces of armor so that they are effective in standing against the enemy. So, being a part of this film has renewed my passion for prayer, challenged me to a deeper, more strategic prayer life, and I'm praying that it will do that for you as well.
1: Priscilla, thanks for uh, joining us today here on Life, Love, and Family. By the way, you, Jerry, and the kids, moving to Hollywood, or what's going to happen next?
0: Oh, no. I'm just here <laughs> in Dallas trying to figure out what to cook for dinner tonight. That's my life.
1: Priscilla, thanks again for joining us.
2: Thank you. When I'm alone, when I'm afraid, when I have had- My grip, I start to slip
1: by Mandiseth for the new movie release, War Room. Our special guest again today has been Priscilla Schreier. She's the author of the new book, Fervent, A Woman's Strategic Battle Plan for Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer. It's all part of uh, the release of the feature film, War Room, in theaters this Friday. Beth Moore, by the way, joining Priscilla in that new movie. But today, it's all about you too. What's God doing in your life? Is he speaking to you? He's crying out. He wants to meet you through that special opportunity called prayer. Don't ever think for a moment that your prayers aren't being heard by God. He's there for you. We can be of help to you. Visit us at life, love, and family.net to learn more about the movie War Room. Life, love, and family.net, or call us toll free 855-455-3264. 855-455-3264. And oh, by the way, thanks for listening life,
0: love, and family.
2: Women in depression, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women addicted to alcohol or drugs, get confidential help. 1-877-257-9612. Women with anxiety or eating disorders, trauma, and PTSD, get confidential help. Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center, one 877 257-9612 or TimberlineKnowles.com.